Hi there. Before we start, if you're new to our podcast, thank you for tuning in to our show, and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all of your kind words and encouragement. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure, as our mission is to create perspectives by the people who look like us and a woman, and also people who are marginalized historically to the final conversation. So, you haven't already? We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google, or Spotify, and of course, leave a rating and a review if you like. We also welcome engagement through our Facebook and Instagram platforms. We truly appreciate the support from you to help us to increase the visibility of different perspectives. Enjoy today's show. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And this is Therapy Tuesdays, guys. We're coming on to another month. It's October, <laughs> and uh, and for Sydney siders, lockdown seems to be on the on our horizon. Helen, how are you feeling? Yeah, looking forward to easing the restrictions and lifting the lockdown, but at the same time feeling a bit conflicted because you never know. You know the the situation. Yeah, the situation is quite. I don't want to use the word bleak, but you just don't know. There's still a lot of uncertainties. You're hearing、uh, what's happening overseas when they have their population fully vaccinated up to eighty percent or even ninety percent. They still have cases coming out. But of course,、yeah. that the vaccine does help in lowering the people get infected and lowering the numbers of hospital admissions. But it's just a bunch of uncertainties that's out of our own control that kind of make me feel a little bit anxious. But at the same time, I really want to get out and do things. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I think we're all feeling the same thing. Um, there's trepidation about what. Might or might happen.、Um, mm-hmm. Further increases in cases once we open up.、Um, at the moment, our state of New South Wales it has a proposed October eleventh opening.、Um, we had a new premier、um, sworn in today.、Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he is deeply, deeply conservative and has very, very archaic. And fucked up views about the world. <laughs> He's on the wrong side of the abortion debate.、Mm-hmm. He has six children. In the press conference this morning, Helen, where he、um, took out questions from journalists,、yes. he was asked how he was going to juggle fatherhood、um, and his new role as a premier、oh, of New South,、uh-huh. the most popular state in Australia. And he gave this kind of flimsy response. And、um, what was most kind of Predictable and for me disappointing and made me think he is such a fucking loser is、um, that he didn't once mention his wife at all. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's just so typical. It's a typical straight man、yeah. as a father that doesn't、yeah. mention their female partner, their wife, at all. Yeah, it's just everything.、Exactly. The attention is just on themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He said,、um, "So the question by a, I believe it was a female reporter. She said, she said, and I quote you. She asked him, 'You said you would be, you were going to be the first premier for families. If you were a female leader, you would be asked how you can manage being premier and also the parent of six children. So I think、mm-hmm. it's fair to ask 
view that today. And then Perriette, um, Dominic Perrier responded saying, yes, I have family commitments, but that should not disqualify one from the job. Yes, there will be challenges and perhaps other family events that I may not have time to go to, but that will drive me even more to make sure that every single hour of my day when I'm at work is dedicated to the improvement of the lives of every person across the state. Hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like a very... Yeah. It's just yeah. very standard um, yeah. answer or reply. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't not need to worry about it. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm sure no, that no, his, no. His, his wife would do, like, a perfect job of looking after exactly. yeah. the family. Being invisible. Being invisible. That's right, yeah. Um, Helen, I have to say, unfortunately, his wife shares the same name. I know, <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing <laughs> that my son picked up as well. He's like, oh, his wife's name's Helen too, Mom. I'm like... Oh, you had to mention it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, I think he comes from Castle Hill. Yes. He went to West. He was area. Yeah. Yeah. So, like the Bible Belt of Sydney. There's a huge what's it called Evangelion Church around that area. I think. Church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hillsong and all that. That's right. I cannot stand Castle Hill. It is like the worst place on earth. I have to say. <laughs> okay, let's anyway, get started. Let's, um, yeah, so this week yeah, we are going to do the category of self, and I'm gonna shuffle the cards and pick out a question. A question to ask today. Uh, okay. Oh, this is this is gonna be a really challenging one. Not challenging, but probably going to like spear right into our heart. Growing up, yeah. did anyone make you feel ashamed? <laughs> of course, of course. Um, my parents, white people, um, mm. my siblings, everyone. Yeah. Everyone makes you feel ashamed at some point, I think. Do you want to specifically point out one oh, incident okay. or one person? I have to say, um, I, have to say um, I always felt ashamed. Um, more, more. I have to say, um, a lot of the shame came from myself in the sense that I was so ashamed that I wasn't able to play the violin as good as other kids. I think I can't specify one specific violin teacher because I don't think there was one teacher who made me feel... No, no, no. Actually, no, I can. There was one violin teacher who made me feel like there was something really inherently wrong with me because I couldn't do double stop scales. Hmm. If you don't know, um, double stop scales on violin is like... Um, playing across two strings at once mm-hmm. um moving your fingers across two strings at once and playing it um up the string like from the top of the fingerboard to the from like the furthest point of the um fingerboard which is near the scroll up to closer to the bridge and that was always very difficult um i think a lot of my i have to just say i mean there's shame there's shame in all all aspects of my life i have to say but the most pertinent one i can think of right now is the shame that i wasn't the musician that i could that i thought i wanted to be and that i thought that i needed to be to be noticed or like validated in society mm-hmm. um yeah i honestly thought there was something deeply wrong with me because i could not play the violin mm-hmm. very well how about you? For me, it will be for you it will be the music part. But I, I think for me, one incident and one person already always make me feel ashamed is someone who's actually not very close to me. Uh, I watched like a short clip by Harry John uh, earlier today where he was talking about casual racism 
when he was growing up. I think racism played a huge part in most of the immigrants' life. Then after watching his video, like I, I suggest everyone just go onto his Instagram, Harry John, and he's this like Korean Australian comedian, fantastic dude. He made yeah. a like a cartoon short video about how he felt really kind of being invisible when he was in year seven, and you know, kids at that age they rate opposite sex, and yeah, right. he was. He was expecting that he's going to be rated at the very bottom, but in fact that he was not even rated at all. Like he was invisible to all the eyes of the, all the other girls. So oh, that's, that, that's really painful when I was watching it. Yeah. And it made me remember, I think I mentioned this uh, in our other podcast, and I mentioned it to Jess before as well. And when I was in high school, that there was this boy that made fun out of my accents that I couldn't speak English properly, like even though that I'd been here for a couple of years. But because... I think that because I always had kind of like a mild speech impediment and there's certain words in English that I found really difficult to pronounce and I couldn't say it. And sometimes if I get irritated or I get frustrated and you know that kind of uh, kids slash toddlers kind of temper when you want to say something but you couldn't say it and you just blurt out the first thing out of your mouth. Yeah, and that happened to me once in high school and I must have said something really funny and that sounds heavily accent and that boy just started making fun of me yeah and mm. sorry my, my dog's here yeah, yeah and you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no he, he kind of like picked up my stress um and that went on for the whole turn and it happened during classroom like during the class as well and no one really came to my help not even the teacher and to the point that I feel ashamed of myself because I feel that, geez, I've been here for a couple of years. I couldn't speak this language here properly. And because I have mild speech impediment, but I couldn't, I don't know where to seek for help. Yeah. And it kind of, um, it was a huge challenge for me because firstly, I don't know where to seek for help. I don't know that um, where to look for help and all the friends around me that, they don't think that it's a problem. No one picked up that it was a problem and like the teasing, the bullying went for a turn that I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, I went to, I finally just kind of uh, wrote a letter and give it to our year advisor who was super helpful. Like she, she, she picked up the issue and she immediately resolved it. So the boy wasn't hassling me anymore during the class. So that was a huge relief for me. Or otherwise, I just feel like I have nowhere and I don't know how to talk to my friends. I don't know how to talk to my parents about it. That um, yeah. I just feel ashamed that I couldn't do the very basic... I just couldn't do the basic thing of a human being, like to do a, a casual conversation as a, as a person at school. Because, yeah. you, you know, kind of like people picked up that you speak funny and you don't really conform to other people and it just made me feel like it was really hard for me to fit in at the beginning already and after that incident it just made it harder and since it was resolved I think it just kind of lifted all the burden off my shoulder yeah but it it had a huge impact for me I think later in my life that I had a really long time that I just didn't know how to talk and I think our listeners will probably pick that up <laughs> as well that in our earlier podcast I tend to stutter a lot and because with the help of <laughs> editing um, people probably wouldn't recognize that 
but my speech was very poor. I think after that incident, yeah. So it made me feel ashamed, and because language is always something that I really like. That's why I pursue my you know linguistic studies in 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 master's level. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 one incident I feel quite ashamed of. That I just couldn't do the basic human thing that you're supposed to do with your mouth. Yeah. Well, if you could go back, if you could time travel and、mm. speak to that sixteen, seventeen-year-old self, going through that very painful period in your teenage years in high school, what would you say to her? I would say just try to look for help. I don't think I would change anything. I think、uh, me as that、uh, age did the really smart thing of actually step out of my comfort zone and you know look for help. And I was really lucky. I had a really great year advisor that year that really helped me. Yeah, and she was a fantastic, fantastic teacher. Because、um, we often talk about racism, but I wonder if there is a term and term that is like the same but with like、um, accents. Like when when often we.、Um, I know a lot of Australians when they hear an accent, they they often just kind of dismiss people,、mm. thinking, "Oh,、uh, like an Indian accent、um, or a Chinese accent, or you know, often the Asian accents are mocked or、mm-hmm. um, criticized, or you know, it's it's like this. I, I'd say it's like、um, vocal discrimination, right? Yeah, vocal or, like, or linguistic, or, linguistic or,、um, discrimination. Yeah, yeah. Discrimination when you look down on someone just because they have. An accent, and it's so funny because, like, at least we can speak English, you know. Like, <laughs> That's we right. Speak yeah. Third, fourth, fifth language, and yet we're being mocked because、mm-hmm. we have an accent, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a superficial. It's a super. It's a discrimination based on a very deep and da- damaging superficiality, in which、mm. you just kind of draw conclusions about someone's intellect based on the fact of their, based on the fact of an accent, you、mm-hmm. know. A, a, Uh, and it's just ludicrous when you think about it because you know there's the British accent, there's the Australian accent, there's the South African accent, there's the American accent. You know, it's like、mm-hmm. there is one universal proper way of speaking English. Yeah. You know? And yet,、yeah. when you don't、um, subscribe to the parochial, the local kind of dialect, not dialect, the local kind of accent,、um, you are immediately othered in some、mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And very deaf. Very destructive ways, as this boy you had unfortunately encountered in high school had did. I think that that's probably why that I am more sensitive towards other people's accent, not in the terms that I will directly associate their accent with their social status. That I pay more respect to the people who actually speak with accents,、uh, because I know that they will most likely speak another language and. Most likely, they'll be the smarter people. I always feel that people who are multilingual are the smarter ones and have a bit better worldview as well because they encounter different、um, cultures. Yeah, yes, that's my、yes. own perspective. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much, Helen. I think that's great. I think that's great, and I completely agree with that. I guess just this question is, I think, for if listeners are asking themselves,、mm. you know. What one person has who has made you feel ashamed? I think、um, all migrant children are feel to feel, uh, uh, or anyone who is outside of the dominant kind of cohort in any society, will always be made to feel like there is something inherently wrong with them,、mm-hmm. which is 
feeling ashamed means i think it means that you think that there's something wrong with you like fundamentally which i think is like um the most destructive and un- unnecessary force or emotion that we have in um in our in our in our universe i guess or our globe mm. um and like it's it's something that um i think a lot of people deal with in different ways Ah, yeah, definitely. I mean, coming to speaking of being shamed, I think there's a lot of things that we need to change overall in the whole society systemically to not having that kind of cycle of shame passing through next generation. That's why that's one thing that we we do this podcast to kind of open up the conversation to share our stories. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for Stay with us and we'll chat to you next time. Okay guys. Bye.